Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. How I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to tackle today. Let's start with Russia seizing the nuclear power plant. Yeah, well, there there was Ooh. some, uh, I, I guess you could say, misinformation coming out of Ukrainian officials about this, about the threat that's happening there. Now, before I go on with that, I just want to say I think we can all agree that an intense firefight in a nuclear facility is not a great thing. No. No, it was pretty tense watching the coverage of that last night. Yeah, but Russian troops have taken control of Europe's largest nuclear power plant in Ukraine after a widespread fire that sparked a lot of fears about radiation leaks and damage to nuclear reactors. Uh, one of the officials from Ukraine uh, said that, what, it, if it blows up, it'll be ten times larger than Chernobyl. That that got a lot of people's attention, but yes, it, it was never really at risk of going up like that. U.S. Embassy has said that's a war crime. Mm-hmm. Backing that. Is that just another form of denouncing and saying we don't approve? I mean, it, there's all of these words that come into and different people have to say with the strongest words possible. You know, Russia has committed this or that. Yes. And in the end... Aren't we all just sort of sitting here saying, when does this end? What's actually going to stop this? Right. And at the same time, there's not a whole lot of people that want U.S. troops there. There are some in the United States, but most do not. No. Well, there's also word today that that some of the uh, people involved who are at the plant itself are saying the Russian troops are laying down explosive there. And the end result is to blackmail the entire continent of Europe. That's of course not confirmed. Not confirmed, but I'm just saying. Doesn't wouldn't wouldn't that? Isn't there some credence to that? Like, well, well maybe this is a way you can do things. Hey, we got this plan. We'll blow the damn thing up. We'll do whatever. Yeah, I think there was definitely a message from Putin to say, "You have no idea what I'm capable of." Right. And it certainly has scared a lot yeah. of people, and I yeah. think rightfully so. Oh yeah, me too. Now, something else that has some people concerned is Senator Lindsey Graham. Saying somebody in Russia needs to assassinate Putin. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Hot damn. <clears throat> South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has an idea of what to do about Russia and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> He's looking for a Brutus, you see. Golly. <laughs> the Biden administration is to the left of the German Green Party and to the left of Nancy Pelosi. That's our basic problem. You can talk about this until you fall over. Here's the problem. They didn't do this on Trump's watch, Russia, because Trump would have kicked their ass. What's happened is that Putin looks at Biden. He sized him up. He thinks he can get away with it. And he's going to keep going and going and going, and nobody in the West is going to stop him. How does this end? Somebody in Russia has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stoppenberg in the Russian military? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country a great service and the world a great service. Holy smokes, man. 
I've seen that reaction in a lot I of know. places. And I can't tell you that that had, the thought has not crossed my mind. Well, there is part of me that says, okay, I see everybody going, whoa, 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 hold well, on Well, it is that when you hear a guy like Lindsey Graham say it out loud, holy smokes. Well, it's kind of true. Well, What yeah. else is going to stop it? Seriously. I know the hot takes have been out there. This is incredibly stupid to say. It raises the tension of the entire thing. You have civilians being massacred. It's going to raise the tension. And I understand there's nukes on the table. But actually what he said, how does this end? It ends with Putin, doesn't it? Does anybody really think he's all of a sudden going to stop? Like when the U.N. says, we are asking Vladimir Putin and Russia to stop this attack immediately. Right. <laughs> That's laughable. That's not going to happen. So what's going to stop it? By the way, I don't know if you heard the reaction from Russia. Yeah, I just happened to catch this on the Today Show. Because I think they know Lindsey Graham because they mention, well, oh, in an indirect way, his drinking. Oh, man. He's kind of a notorious you know, boozer, right? Right. So, And then new this morning, just in the last couple minutes, we've gotten a response from Putin's press secretary calling this a hysterical escalation of Russophobia, saying, quote, these days, not everyone manages to maintain sobriety, I would even say sanity, and many lose their minds. Again, a quote from Putin's press secretary. <laughs> wow. Not maintain their sobriety. Think they were talking to Lindsay there. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, just a little bit. Um, yeah, this it's it's obviously a scary situation, and I'm thinking this through in my own mind. And it, tell me because I'm just a regular person, okay? But I haven't heard anyone say this. We're thinking, you know, how does this end? Right. Well, we're going to choke Russia out financially. All of these sanctions, the ruble has collapsed. The economy in Russia uh, is, you know, at this all time low. We're taking yachts from oligarchs. Uh, the ultra rich in Russia are putting pressure on Putin. And this is how we're going to, you know, win this in the end. Right. And I can't help but think to myself. We've learned this over time when it comes to China or Russia. They don't think within the next year or two or even four, they don't have to worry about re-election with Putin or Xi. They think decades in advance. And with what Putin wants to do with Ukraine, think about how valuable just territory is, just the land, the resources. Say he only gets half of Ukraine. 20 years from now, isn't that going to pay off? I mean, the financial struggles that Russia is going to have last how long? A few years? Mm -hmm. Does anyone think that people are not going to be buying oil from them again? Uh, that's the whole thing. They're playing a long game. And I would guess in the long run, it's probably worth it to Putin. Well, how am I wrong with that take? Well, and, and financially speaking right now, when you shut down the market for a week and everything is collapsing, someone in that country is going to buy the dip. Sure. And somebody's going to become fabulously wealthy if these sanctions get lifted and the market even comes close to normalizing. Now, I haven't heard anybody else with that thought. And I'm sure someone could shoot holes in that. I just, I haven't heard it yet. 
They always play the long game. You know. Hi, I'm William Devane. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ditch the gold, buy Russian stock. Not, I'm not sure. Um, now, as far as increasing domestic oil production in the United States. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people calling for that because we're buying Russian oil, and some would say we're helping Russia finance this war. We are. Yeah, we are. So, yes. But increasing our own oil production yeah. off the table. Well, that's what Labor Secretary Marty Walsh said. He was asked about what the Biden administration plans to do to lower gas prices here in the United States, and this was on Fox Business. You'll hear the question from Stuart Barney first. Okay. More domestic drilling. Is that on the table in the White House? Well, it hasn't been to this point, and it's certainly looking at what's happening in the situation in the world right now that will be have to be a conversation. Do you think we should be drilling more of our own oil and gas? Again, What's your I'm, not, I'm not in a position to, to answer that question at this point, uh, but certainly we have to watch and see what happens with, with Russia. We have to see what, what the world's doing with Russia. As we and, and what, Yesterday we heard the Speaker of the House, we heard uh, Senator Manchin, Senator Murkowski uh, telling, asking us to, to shut off uh, buying gas from, from Russia, and if we well, did something like that, we'd have to figure a way to, to fill that. What's your reaction to that answer, Robbins? It's a dodge of, of a question that shouldn't should be a no-brainer at this point. David? Yeah, I mean, they're saying if we cut off imports. I, I don't understand how you can actually say the two things at the same time. They're saying, well, our Russian imports are minuscule, right? It's basically a rounding error. Okay, then what's the problem with cutting off the supply? Well, we don't want to increase gas prices any more than they already are. Right. Gas prices are already going up. California yep. set a state record where San Francisco is averaging, averaging $5 a gallon, okay? Mm -hmm. So we know that's already in play. If it's that negligible, then what's the harm in cutting it off, uh, cutting off that supply, and then restarting what we have available under our own soil? Yes. It is a no-brainer. And I don't know the answer to this question. I just want to throw it out there for a second. They say 10% of all the oil we use is imported from Russia. Mm -hmm. What do you think would happen if you pulled the American people and said, hey, just no, I know the gas prices are already nuts, okay? Probably going to increase another 45 cents a gallon if we cut off the imports from Russia. You good with that? So we don't fund that war? I'm thinking right now, a lot of people say, you know, okay, yeah. Overwhelmingly, yes. So there's more to it, in my opinion, than just, well, we don't want the prices to go up anymore. Uh, I don't know that I buy that. It, ju it just sounds weak to me. But and I don't know if you heard this. I know, David, you and Scott both have cats. You love cats. You're oh, cat yeah. people. Yes. The International Cat Federation has banned cats with Russian owners due to this crisis. This is so stupid. Well, that'll bring Putin to his knees. <laughs> it's not even about the cats or anything it's like wait a minute we just went through two years of don't call it the china virus right and now it's like everything russia must go but doesn't it seem like from the 70s every russian bad guy would be sitting there petting a cat yeah you know right. yeah. that's gotta hurt in some way doesn't it yeah well the international cat, cat federation known as fifi F-I-F-E. I didn't even know there was such a thing. <laughs> Funny. Do you want to hear part of the statement from yeah. them? Yes, oh, of course. Sure. The board of Fifi 
uh, feels it cannot just witness these atrocities and do nothing. Okay, no cat belonging to exhibitors living in Russia may be entered at any fifty show outside of Russia. Okay, regardless of which, hey, easy, easy. Regardless of which organization these exhibitors hold their membership in, uh, the organization's intentions, by the way, they say, is to support cat breeders and fanciers in Ukraine who are suffering because of the current situation. <laughs> Won't somebody think of the Ukrainian cat people? That's exactly it, yes. Yes, okay. It's trying to help anything that call- they can do. Why do you call it the China virus? Okay. Uh, Kamala Harris had an incredibly dumb tweet last night. we got to get to that. And a mixed jobs report. Straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. As I mentioned, a whole lot going on. Sometimes it's hard to keep straight everything that's happening. And it's helpful to have people to make it seem simple, right? Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Thank you. All right. Yeah. That's the vice president, Kamala Harris, on a radio show earlier this week. It's like a Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where is she going next, David? Uh, The White House is actively discussing sending Vice President Kamala Harris to Warsaw and then to Bucharest in Romania uh, to show solidarity with Ukraine as it faces the escalating Russian invasion. Oh, my goodness. What is she going to do? You know, like you said, she's going to break things down and simplify them and you know, spin some pearls of wisdom. Well, remember when she did this just a couple of weeks ago? She's like, let's not forget what we could be looking at here. We're talking about a major war. Yeah. What, like someone in the audience was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. (laughs) Really? Maybe they're really sending her to Warsaw, Idaho. Warsaw, Rhode Island? Maybe. <laughs> Something like that, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they expect her to do there. I know that she was tweeting last night. I don't know if you heard about that or not. I did. You did hear about this? Yes. She tweets out. What was this, between 7 and 8 o'clock last night? Let's send the Equality Act to President <sighs> Biden's desk. We must increase protections for LGBTQ and Americans across the country. The onslaught of state bills targeting transgender Americans and their families is wrong. Chase! Tone deaf is is her specialty. Okay, David, you know, from your vast experience and knowledge when it comes to politics and how things like this would work, that's not her on her own, right? That's Probably someone not. else within the administration <clears throat> saying, hey, we can't yeah. forget about these other issues for the people that, you know, put us in these seats. Yeah. So it, well, let's tweet this out tonight. 
Remember yeah. that great speech from Patrick Henry in 1775? How'd it go? Give me proper pronouns <laughs> and the opportunity for dudes to act like chicks or give me death. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? I don't, actually. Thanks for reminding me. No, I jotted that down last night when I heard that, yeah. The onslaught of bills. Really? Yeah, there were a lot of people piling on last night, oh. Kamala. You know, what a luxury that we could be focused on pronouns during a time like this. Exactly. Well, and, and again, it's just like I, I saw Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, uh, tweet out the LGBTQIA2S plus or whatever it is. I mean, it, it's it's they're going to start getting into the Greek alphabet pretty soon. Yeah. Um, you know, reaffirming our commitment. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Let's actually peel back the layers of this and look at what people are actually trying to do. In Iowa, they're trying to prevent men from competing against women in women's sports. That's pretty common sense. That's actually defending things like Title IX. In Texas, they're saying, hey, it's probably a bad idea and potentially abusive to remove the genitals of a 13-year-old. That's pretty common sense. Absolutely. Hateful. We've never seen an onslaught like this, Mm -hmm. David. Dan Crenshaw, Texas, said, America, inflation is screwing us. Our border is lawless. And there's a ground war in Europe. Kamala, we need to get men and women sports ASAP. And, yeah, that's that's kind of what it's saying. Uh, on a lighter note, let's see uh, who can do the better job of guessing the answer to the question. What are the most common photos we have on our phones? There's a poll out. Oh, uh, Pets and children. I was going to say family and pets, yeah. Wow, good job. Uh, family first, then travel, pets third, then landscapes or scenery, yeah. friends, random screenshots, selfies. Big one for you, Scott. Not, not true. That's right. You asked me to take them. That's right. That's right. Food, work-related content, or memes. You love the memes. I'm a fan of the memes, yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever you can send something to somebody and then you get the reply, okay, legitimately, I just laughed at that. That's usually the goal, isn't it? (laughs) Sure. A lot of those. Okay. A lot to get to. Uh, Bill Barr has got this book coming out. He is on with Lester Holt. you got to hear what he said, man. Next. That's David Van Camp, and there's the sex boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. You know, we keep hearing about how what, how is it that uh, Al Sharpton phrased it the other day? You got a little uh, Putinry or something in your own backyard? Was it Putinism? Putinism or Putiny? Putiny, I think. Some, something like that? Yeah. I'll get the fact check on that. In, in Texas. Seeds for Putiny right he, now you can put in your garden for spring. <laughs> In places like Texas, because Texas passed new voting laws to secure elections. 
and we were told that all these people of color were going to be cut out of it. They're, this is voter suppression. Well, under the new law earlier this week, as we talked about, uh, the primary, Texas primary was held on Tuesday. Yeah. And we're starting to get some of the last little nuggets of information out about who voted and how many people voted. And turnout for this election cycle was higher than it was four years ago. What? Now, how is that possible? Well, it must have been more white people, David, because from what I understand, Republicans are trying to stop people of color from voting. Well, uh, there are people of color in South Texas, for example, heavily Hispanic counties, where in one instance, uh, in Cameron County, turnout was up 162% for the Republicans. A lot of Hispanics are starting to vote Republican now. Well, pretty soon then, they're not going to be known as people of color. Right. Well. Because that's the way that goes. Right. That's, that, and that, that effort has been underway for a long time. Well, I bet they were thirsty, though. <laughs> I bet they were parched. You know, we are saying about laws that are being passed that would make it illegal to give somebody who's standing in line to vote food and water is outrageous. It is outrageous. Yes. So are you saying... That either people were able to make it through without any quality H2O, or they brought their own? It, it, it appears that that is the case, yes. Okay. I, <laughs> I guess that's that old can-do attitude. <laughs> <laughs> bring your own water. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> it's a absolutely... Back or whatever. Yeah. Yes. I, and, oh, the fact check on Sharpton was what again? You cannot stand up to Putin and have a little Putinism in your own backyard. Right, talking Putinism. about voting. Yeah. Putinism. Yes. That's what it was. Um, before we move on to the Bill Barr story, uh, real quick, just a question. Remember before Russia actually invaded Ukraine and it was Biden and Kamala saying, hey, it's going to cost us to stick up for this sovereign nation. Right? Gonna cost us. It requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this situation, um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. But we are taking very specific and appropriate, I believe, steps to mitigate what that cost might be if it happens. You know what they didn't say at the time? But one of those plans doesn't include stopping importing oil from russia no Mm -hmm. can you imagine if they would have said that at the time and been honest it's going to incur some costs but we're going to keep importing oil from russia yeah we stand against russia and its aggression in ukraine but we need that oil (laughs) just saying yeah and your costs are still going to go up yeah okay all right just so we're all clear on that which wasn't it the idea behind the russian thing well you know they're going to cut the oil off gas prices are going to balloon well, we didn't, and they are. Yeah, you took off Russia. You know, All that right. Then, gas prices. Okay. Uh, the Bill Barr story, David, is interesting. And I think this is going to be something that's talked about with Republicans back and forth with a lot of different opinions on this. Oh, I think so, yeah. Uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr has a new book out. Uh, it's called One Damn Thing After Another. 
Uh, and the name of the book, you gotta you oh, gotta yeah. tip the cap there. That's uh, pretty good. He's on the tour now, starting with NBC News, and he talked about what went on after the 2020 election. There are a couple of clips here we need to get to. Uh, here's him describing the immediate aftermath. I guess I'm talking late November, early December. Yeah. And I told him that all this stuff was bullshit and uh, about election fraud. And, uh, you know, it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was. I said, the reason you are where you are is because you wheeled out a clown show of lawyers. A clown show? Yeah. Clown car or something like that. I said, it's just a bunch of clowns. Okay, to set it up, because I watched the piece, while that part of the interview is playing, it shows... You, you saw it, Scott. Yeah. Okay. Rudy Giuliani with the hair dye running down his yeah. cheeks. Oh, man. What a moment. He's saying the clown car. And that was. That oh, was, yeah. I mean, an <laughs> awful look for Trump at the time. Who, the, who are you referring to? Rudy Giuliani? His Cracker Jack legal team, among others. I said, okay, well, look, I, I understand you're upset with me. And I'm perfectly happy to tender my resignation. And then, boom. He slaps the desk. He slapped the desk and he said, accepted, accepted. And then, boom, he slapped it again. Accepted. Go home. Don't go back to your office. Go home. You're done. All right, what do you make of that? Scott, oh. what do I make of it? Yes. Well, it uh, sounds like somebody was pitching a fit, doesn't it? You mean Trump? Yeah. Oh, he's ticked. He's mad. He's angry. And, uh, well, I got to imagine. I don't think Barr made it up either, by the way. Oh, no, I don't think so either. I don't think. I think he thought it was a clown car. Yeah. With, oh, shoot, David, what's her name? Sydney Powell. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Cracking lady. <laughs> yes. And Lynn yeah. Wood. Yeah. Yes. And then Rudy in that act. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> Trump, I think, felt at the time. We all said it. He did get railroaded. But it was going to be very difficult to prove it, and it was probably legal. It was a lot to do with COVID and how votes were able to actually be cast, Mm -hmm. unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And there were discrepancies, but it didn't seem like there was enough. You were hoping that they were going to have the proof. But once Barr saw it, he knew it wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think Bill Barr's point is is right. You have a crackerjack team of lunatics who were just spouting off all this stuff about voter fraud when, listen, that's really hard to prove. It's hard to track down. And if you don't find any evidence of it, guess what? You're not going, nothing's going to happen. When you mm-hmm. actually did have solid legal basis, and I remember talking about it at the time, you don't have to go looking for fraud. Go to the state, the state of Pennsylvania and show that they violated the law when they allowed the Secretary of the Commonwealth to unilaterally change how the election was managed outside of the requirements set by the state itself. Yeah. You know, I guess when I think a lot of that entire story, like with Trump, think about how many things he accomplished as president. He did a great job, in my opinion. But part of what you get with Trump is players like Lynn Wood or, oh, the uh, dude that did time. Gosh, he scared the crap out of you and your family, David. Um, 
Oh. Paul Manafort. Yes, Paul Manafort. <laughs> yeah. It was right. it was like it, Cohen, all these people, you know, man, this dude's shady. You know, it's like Trumpster. Love you, man. But you always pick these people, it seems, that are just not up to par. Sorry, man, I'm here to help, not to hurt. But it damages the whole image. You know, and they're just some unforced errors. And so now with Barr, and it looks like he's totally turned it. He's got a book to sell now. So you hate to see it go down like this. Um, but then he talked about the riot. And you know NBC oh, or, gosh, and who yeah. else he talks to. They want to focus on oh, that yeah. and put the blame on Trump. And yeah. here you go. January 6th, the riot. Do you think that President Trump was responsible for what happened here ultimately? I do think he was responsible in the broad sense of, of that word, and that it appears that part of the plan was to send this group up to the hill. I think the whole idea was to intimidate Congress, and I think that that was wrong. So with different missteps that Trump would have made, he's going to run again, right? In your opinion, as we sit here today, has he learned a lot from anything that's been in the past, or he is just going to continue to do it the way he's going to do it? And, dude, it's not going to change. And you're going to have a lot of good, but you're going to have to take some nonsense along with it. Yeah. Oh, he's I, not going to change. I think no. he's barreling forward. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard enough of the, uh, is this when Trump is going to pivot? I heard that for four years. Right. <laughs> that's not... Do you remember that? That was during the campaign, and Robbins would have been in the hospital yeah. with his heart attack still. And Trump said, yeah, I'm going to be boring to you. I'm going <laughs> to, once the primary's over, you'll be bored. Because, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, be very calm after that. I laughed about that, though, in my delusional state. Yes. Yeah, I think you, it you, was funny. It, you probably did. Because at the, you know he's not going to. It's, it's in his DNA, man. That's who he is. No. That's and why honestly, he was elected. There's some part of him that's the reason he got elected. Well, listen, like I've said before, my dad, who does has never been really a political person, and I'll never forget, it was day before Thanksgiving in 2015, and he said, you know, people just want change. Yeah. I mean, he's like, not that Obama kind of change. They want change. They want someone to come in and shake it up. And I think that was the smartest thing I ever heard when it came to where we were at at that time, because that was the truth. I mean, you may hate him, and, and a lot of people do. I mean, he's a polarizing figure, no question. But four years of peace and prosperity doesn't suck. Well, no. No, I mean, there is so much. I mean, how many times would he say something, tweet something, we're laughing our heads off. Yeah. It, incredibly entertaining. And did a lot of great things. But then there'd be one day you're like, dude, what, I know. Are, you what are you doing? doing? You, don't no. have to, you don't have to do this. Right. And by the way, and if you're honest, and when you're having regular conversations with people, they'll they'll have conversations like that. But in our industry, people are too scared to actually say it. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be labeled a never Trumper." Oh right. man, I mean, when Newt Gingrich can go out there and say, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I think it's okay for the rest of us. By the way, did you see this story? I knew this would get David's attention. Maybe yours too, Scott. Artificial intelligence can now read people's social media posts and tell if they're nuts or not. Well, yeah, okay, but, but what are the red flags? Right, that could apply to 95% of Twitter users. Yes, it could. 
Well, and it also depends who's running the controls and who decides what's nuts and what's not. Yeah, what's the algorithm Uh, there? And that's the scary part because there have been some states, Illinois was one of them and a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head, where uh, content on Facebook could affect whether or not you get cleared to purchase firearms. (sighs) Okay, well, the team at Dartmouth has been training uh, to analyze posts. This was from Reddit and then predict whether or not people might have an emotional disorder or not. Doesn't care about the specific content, it says, in your post. It just looks at the emotions behind what you're saying and then analyzes patterns. (laughs) It doesn't just look for psychotic behavior, the story says. The main goal is to see if it can spot subtle signs of things like depression or bipolar disorder. That's the old Robin slippery slope there, isn't it? Right there, yep. What's after that? Where is our... Where is our Sarah Connor? <laughs> exactly. Go into the future, baby. Okay. Uh, Russia has shut down media outlets. Heard about that? Get to that much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Roberts show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp and there's Scott Roberts. So Russia has shut down media outlets, David. Yes. Uh, two independent Russian news outlets that refuse to carry water for the Kremlin uh, have been shut down and they've essentially criminalized reporting non state approved news. When does Zuckerberg start running Russian media? <laughs> Oh, I think about the CNN crew. And that's when the tears came. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian Stelter, the resident potato on CNN, crying about having to talk about coronavirus. That's right. Yeah. That's when the tears came. And it's like, Donald Trump tweeted something, Norms. Oh, my gosh. Is that the First Amendment? (laughs) Russia's like, if you don't, you know, repeat our talking points, we're going to jail you. Exactly. Yeah. That's tyranny. Mm -hmm. Okay. At... (laughs) The threat of infuriating uh, you listening to this. At the same time, I, I guess part of it is sort of funny, but in a sad sort of way. I was looking for a clip, and this was from less than a couple of weeks ago. And it was Kamala Harris answering questions about, you know, Russia going into Ukraine. And the question we were all asking, why not the sanctions now? What are you waiting for? And now that we've seen what's happened. Listen to this again. This is about just a little over a minute. Okay. But if you believe Putin has made up his mind, what leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. But let's also recognize the unique nature of the sanctions that we have outlined. These are some of the greatest sanctions, if not the the, the strongest, that we've ever issued. As I articulated yesterday, it, it is directed at institutions, in particular financial institutions uh-huh. and individuals, and it will exact absolute harm for the Russian economy and their government. So it was 
obviously overestimated. But then the follow-up. But if Putin has made up his mind, do you feel that this threat that has been looming is really going to deter him? Now, this is McGurkin. Just words together that mean nothing. Here we go. This Absolutely. is it. We strongly believe. And, and remember also that the sanctions are a product not only of our perspective as the United States, but a shared perspective among our allies. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context, then, of the fact that that window is still opening, although, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, <laughs> but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. That's our freaking <laughs> vice president. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. But there's no more mean tweets. Well, I hope you're freaking happy. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, you see the headline, you're like, well, is that good news? Well, of course not. Vladimir Putin saying, we have no ill intentions. Yeah, now we can all get along. Just do everything I ask you to do. Uh, during a press conference, uh, he said Russia has no ill intentions towards its neighbors and wants international cooperation to return. He said, quote, we see no need to exacerbate the situ- uh, situation or worsen our relations I think everyone should think about normalizing relations and cooperating normally. Okay. Just give me everything I want yeah. and get it back to normal. I, or I'm going to keep killing people. I, I mean, right, exactly. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Mm-hmm. Now, th- you got to look at it through this prism, though, because okay. they have effectively criminalized any non-state media in Russia Yes. A message like that is meant specifically for Russians watching state-owned television. Uh, it, it, it's sort of like they, they don't care if the rest of the world knows that he's he's lying. It, right. It's about being able to say, oh, well, our president is saying we want to normalize relations. And meanwhile, my debit card doesn't work. You know, I've been completely cut out of Apple Pay and mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, so it seems like our president is actually trying to get things going again. That, yeah, this is a war coming from the West. Right. Meanings are shutting us down. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, earlier we talked about Lindsey Graham saying that, you know, someone in Russia needs to assassinate Vladimir Putin. <laughs> now, if you missed it, this is the part of what he said. Somebody in Russia has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stoppenberg in the <laughs> Russian military? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country a great service and the world a great service. Yeah, you said that's crazy hot take. Well, it is a crazy hot take. You're, you're saying you're endorsing the assassination of a world leader. 
Yes. And you're saying it out loud. Yes. yes. What's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? Yeah. I'm just saying what's wrong with it. Well, first of all, yes, there's a lot wrong with it. No. Uh, what? Well, the number one thing is you are you are endorsing some knucklehead to take a shot at a world leader and take him out. Yeah, so what's wrong we with that? We don't do that. Well, maybe we should. Well, we do it, but we don't tell people about it. We just do it. <laughs> right. Right. The the issue with that is really looking towards the question of then what? Right? Who takes over? And mm-hmm. then also, a really bad dude could also take over for the really bad dude and then yeah. say, well, the U.S. clearly ordered the hit on Vladimir right. Putin. Okay. And then it gets worse? Well, yeah. it doesn't get better. Because, okay. yeah. because right. then you have a whole lot of people in Russia saying, you're right, I'm taking up the cause for my mm-hmm. country, for my government, which has been and under assault by outside forces. Whoever they but don't they already brute. believe that? If they're taking away any media that's not state-run? No. I mean, because you still do have a lot of pockets of resistance. I mean, there's a massive protest going on pretty much every night in St. Petersburg. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing other side, just... Oh, I know. Somewhat for fun, but there's part of me that also says, okay, where we're at right now, let's play this out, okay? We're saying, okay, this has to stop. And the U.N. saying, we denounce it in the strongest possible terms in a strongly worded letter, and we are calling on Putin to stop. He's not going to stop. So, I mean, it comes down to how much is the world willing to watch people in Ukraine die? Because it's not going to stop until Putin is done. Well, I honestly thought yesterday with the announcement that Imagine Dragons wasn't going to play there, that would be be it. (laughs) Well, you you were wrong. (laughs) I was wrong again. Yeah. So how does it end? Well, probably you'd have to take out Putin. Now, how's that going to happen? Well, Well, Lindsay just said it. But now you're telling me there's an update. And did Lindsay get a little whiskery? Uh, he got a little whiskery, as you could say that. Uh, he backed he off on, it a little bit? Yeah, he went back on Fox News and was asked about the reaction from the Russian ambassador who, who said, hey, you're supporting a war crime here. I mean, I, well, here I'll just let Lindsey Graham uh, respond. Okay. Mr. Ambassador, you're supporting a war criminal in Putin. Your country's engaged in war crimes in front of the entire world. You're bombing innocent civilians using banned munitions. You have a record, your country does, of dropping barrel bombs on people in Syria. You've destroyed uh, Chechnya by uh, massive war crimes. You're committing war crimes uh, in uh, the Ukraine. You need to apologize to the world for how Putin has stolen your country blind, how they're dismembering a neighboring democracy called the Ukraine, how they're killing innocent men, women, and children, indiscriminate uh, use of force in violation of the Geneva Convention. You, my friend, are the one who needs to apologize, and when it comes to Putin, he needs to go to jail. Okay, so backing off, the yeah. someone take him out. Needs to apologize. <laughs> and a sincere one at that. <laughs> it's a joke! He needs to apologize. I get it. What else is Lindsey Graham going to say? But that doesn't mean anything, and he's not going to do that. So you play it out to its end. Where does this end? I don't know. That's just it. I mean, nobody does. We can all guess. I know. And again, man, like we talked about before with different companies saying they denounce what is going on. Okay, I get it. 
But if you keep asking the question, how does this end? Or how many people have to die before the world says, okay, we can't take any more. We're going to have to step in. And again, I'll say it again. I'm not saying we should send our troops in there. Not saying that at all. I'm just watching all the reaction from the different politicians that are giving, you know, these strong statements that if you play it out, mean nothing. I just assume you say it's awful and we're praying for the people of Ukraine. But these strong sanctions, well, it's not doing anything. So I think there are a lot of people in the country that are just frustrated by that. Um, and there are record gas prices. You're seeing it. Yeah. Good all Lord, over man. Yes. And then that's the other conversation. Why are we importing oil from Russia? And do you think by the end of today, we're going to hear something from the administration somewhere to say, yeah, we're going to stop that because the pressure's coming down. Yeah, they might. But who knows? Again, I mean, nobody really knows what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, including the people who are literally paid to know what's going on on here. Agreed. You know, the people at the top who are supposed to be the ones strategizing. And at, at, uh, on the one hand, they're saying, well, we only import, what is it, 10% of our oil supply comes from Russia, so it's not that big of a deal. But if we stop doing that, gas prices go up. Well, gas prices are already going up. In California, uh, there's a new state record, just over $5 a gallon on average Gosh. in San Francisco, the first time a U.S. city Dang. passed that average mark of $5. Well, <laughs> After the heart attacks you've suffered in the past, Scott, I just want to warn you ahead of time, California's going to see over $7. So if your heart is going to race every time David gives you another stat with gas prices, just know that's not going to stop anytime soon. Well, I was getting all this yeah, last night, and thanks to everybody who did, but I was getting all these uh, pump prices sent to me from all over the country. And when it went over $4 everywhere... And, you know, I'm getting all these shots of, of gas prices and, and where they are. And it, it's like a bad dream, man. It's like, really? Yes. This is happening right now. Yes. Now, as far as the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. You know, Very qualified guy, by the way. Well, he rode a boat once. He did, David. That's right. He rode on the back the whole, of a motorcycle once. The whole announcement. And he likes trains <laughs> yes. when he was named transportation secretary. He does secretary. like trains. Yep. But he had a lot of struggles being the mayor of Fort Wayne. Wasn't it Fort Wayne? South Bend. South, South Bend. Bend, sorry. South Bend, Fort Wayne. Okay. And you heard the people yeah. from the town talking about it. It was a disaster as far as the transportation in that town. Right. Um, he was known as Pothole Pete. He was asked the question again as far as what about, you know, drilling? You know, producing again in the United States or doing some sort of deal with Iran. And what did he say? I mean, uh, look, uh, the president has said that all options are on the table, but we also need to make sure that uh, uh, we're not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems where uh, more strategic and tactical actions in the short term can make a difference. Is it all just McGurkin oh, yeah. with these people saying words that don't make any sense? What does that mean? A permanent solution for a short-term game? What What does that mean? I think, I don't know, man, I can't read his mind, but if I'm guessing, he means, well, the long-term is not to produce oil again in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, that, this is just a short-term problem. We're going green, because remember, he just said yesterday, I mean, we got electric trucks. <laughs> 
No, that's the future. That's what we're going to be focused on. <laughs> this is a short-term problem right now. I mean, that's but what do you got to do? You got to adapt right now. Right. The, the the short term still matters a whole heck of a lot. And if the long-term goal is this green revolution or whatever, well, we're not there yet. That's the reality. We are not there yet. I mean, this is like saying I'm going to save money for a new house by not paying my current mortgage. <laughs> yes. It doesn't make any sense. Right now you have the emergency. And uh, every option's on the table. That talking point. No, it's not. <laughs> You're lying. And all these tools in the toolbox and all these levers yet to be pulled, you better start getting to it fast. And now you're telling me this, David, switching gears. Mark Zuckerberg's sister is somehow worse than he is? Yeah, well, Mark Zuckerberg is basically the third or fourth worst human being on the planet. He is responsible for a complete shattering of reality as we know it. And yeah. he's not stopping. No. He is, he is a reality terrorist. But uh, apparently he has a sister, and she's somehow worse than he is. Now, I don't know much about her personally, but this video that she's posted, Randy Zuckerberg has posted about getting women involved in cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. tells me that she has a very, very, very dark soul. Okay. We're all gonna make it. Yeah, we're all gonna make it. No. That's her? Yes. No! My God, I agree. She's worse. Like hell! I'll sell. Okay. Make it stop. Make it stop. I freakishly want to hear more. Oh no, somewhere D. Snyder right now. <laughs> screaming in pain. He's getting a check in the mail. Still, man, it that worked. was brutal. That was brutal. But you proved your point, David. Thank you. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, says she has the biggest uh, male appendage in Chicago. Really? you got to hear this story. Straight ahead. Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Well, you've got this obviously heartbreaking situation in Ukraine. It used to be a lot of what we had to talk about was terrible mayors wrecking great American cities. Yeah. We don't want to lose our beat on that. And this is one of those stories. This is Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Yeah. Now, what did she do, David? Well, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, is being targeted in a new lawsuit over, well, in part, something she said to people in the Parks Department ahead of a uh, Columbus Day event. You see, during the riots in 2020, those mostly peaceful riots, uh, they took down a statue of Columbus. Because Columbus, where's Parks Department had evidently agreed to display that statue during a Columbus Day parade. And that made Lori Lightfoot mad because she didn't want to have to deal with any protests as a result of the statue being on display. And she allegedly said this. I want Scott to read it because he's got the best <clears throat> uh, pipes. I would be is glad he, is he going to say the word? No, no I'll substitute. Yeah. 
Okay. I'll substitute for what she said. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do my best anyway. You, Richards, what the freak are you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with the Italians. What are you doing? You're out there measuring your Richards with the Italians, seeing who's got the biggest Richard. You're out there stroking your Richards. And you're doing it over this Columbus statue. Hey, my Richard is bigger than your Richard and that of the Italians. Lori Lightfoot said that. I have the biggest Richard. Get the freak statue back before noon tomorrow, or I'm going to have you fired. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot says she has the biggest Richard in Chicago. Okay. That's right. <laughs> if you want to do a Richard waving contest, I'm in. <laughs> You gotta admit, man, it was pretty funny last night. Tucker Carlson brought on somebody from Chicago to talk about it and ask, can you confirm or deny if that's true? <laughs> like, I have no idea. She's, I don't know. She's wow. nasty, man. She is. Nasty. She makes enemies with almost everybody. It well, seems. I mean, yes. she has the combination of being stupid and self righteous. Yeah, that is true. That does not make you endearing. No, it is not. combination. Yes. Did you guys hear the update on Harvey Weinstein? No. Who's in jail? I haven't even thought about Harvey Weinstein for a while. He's been reprimanded. Oh. And it's just coming out now. This was L.A. County Jail. You know why? Caught with contraband. Oh. Really? That's what it says. You know what the contraband was? The weed? Uh, pictures of Lori Lightfoot's Richard? No. No? Milk duds. Milk duds? Milk duds. Why does that... Seem more disturbing than it. I, I can't explain that, but for some reason, Harvey Weinstein going sneak me in some milk duds <laughs> makes makes me really uncomfortable. They're inside a birthday cake. <laughs> Are you saying you don't enjoy milk duds? I like the. I don't. Milk. No, I don't actually might like milk duds because those are the ones that got the like caramel. Yeah, yeah. In the middle, of they stick to your teeth and all that. Yes. No, I don't chocolate like that. coating. Yeah. Enjoy it during a movie, right, Scott? Yeah, I've had my share of milk duds. Yeah. Yes. Well, apparently, um, he had a meeting with his attorney, Sean Berkeley. And what Weinstein said, I've had the milk duds since I entered the prison when I got here from New York in July. Guards are saying, no way. We searched him. You didn't have the milk duds. He's saying, this is an innocent misunderstanding. All right. It won't happen again. Uh-huh. I've been a model inmate. Okay? No more milk duds. How crazy it is It contributed this? to the Clinton Foundation. That was the This gift. is the Barkley Van Camp and Robert Show. Yes. <laughs> I, it, well, the rest of it is we've been informed about this and are very sorry it happened. That's what one of the lawyers said. Going forward, guards will search the lawyer's possessions, including legal binders and laptop bags upon entering the facility to make sure that we are going to eradicate the duds. So his, <laughs> his argument is that he's been rationing milk duds for the better part of a year now? Since July. Okay. Yeah. How many are in a box? So like one a day? What is it? Even then, if it's one a day, they're gone. I would think. The guy doesn't seem to have much self-control. I don't think he's going to keep the duds that long. Okay. Um, bullying is forcing kids to mask up. The Ron DeSantis story continues next.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial, David Van Camp. Not like most millennials. And then the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. So the Russian stock market stays closed, David. Yeah, five days in a row now. Uh, and now uh, this is sheltering local equities that globally uh, they're looking at the Russian stock market and saying it's uninvestable right now. We can't, we can't go in there at this point. So the London Stock Exchange froze trading in eight Russian companies on Friday, adding to the 28 already suspended global institution. Investors see the Russian equity market as currently uninvestable, uninvestable, I should say. Um, and the ruble still remains valued below a U.S. cent on the currency markets as of today. Wow. And so that, at least in part, is from true pressure. Right. How <laughs> made an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. It is, I can't say that quite right. You know, at, at the risk of having something thrown at me, I am wondering if there is a point where we are overcorrecting on the economic side of things. Because Putin's not being affected by this, and he does not care in the least what happens to the average Russian. No. Um, and as they have shut off Facebook now... As of today, they yeah. have shut down anybody who's not state television and effectively criminalized any sort of news reporting that doesn't exactly match what the Kremlin wants you to say. This seems like we're barreling towards a situation where we are at risk of, for lack of a better term, radicalizing your average Russian to see themselves as the victim. I saw a story. Hot air talking about somebody had flagged it. And basically what it comes down to is this. You have, as we've heard before, a lot of people that are relatives. Some live in Russia. Some live in Ukraine. Well, they're, of course, hearing two different stories as to what is going on. Um, There's one kid that said that this was only an accident, you know, if civilians were killed by the Russian army. Because the Russian army would never target civilians. And that what they're hearing in Russia is that it's Ukrainians who are killing their own people. Wow. Yeah. If that's all you ever hear. Right, I know. You know? Yeah. I guess you don't know any better. How would you find out? And especially now, I'm surprised it took Putin as long as it did to shut down any... Not state-run media. Yeah. You know, because you've had the protests going on in Russia. So, again, I can't help my mind going, where does this end? It seems like it's just going to keep going on and on and on and getting more brutal as it goes. Because I don't think NATO all of a sudden is going to say, okay, but we can't, we can't allow this anymore. We're going to have to go in there. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's exactly. I mean, you've already said we're not going to commit forces, and the U.S. has already said we're not committing forces in Ukraine. Yes. And it's, I know I've brought this up before. And tell me if you also think it's at least a little bit odd. There's part of me that gets it. The other night during Biden's speech, when he says, we're not sending troops in. And I think most Americans want to hear that, right? 
But at the same time, he's also saying that, you know, like defiant every inch defending NATO territory. Mm -hmm. Am I making too much of that? Was that the right message? Because it seems like people are confused. If you talk to people or even see comments online after he said what he said, some people are thinking Ukraine is NATO. Right. Well, it's it's not. not. Yeah, there is a distinction there. But I think that's how people got confused by the whole message. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies in the event that Putin decides to keep moving west. For that purpose, we have mobilized American ground forces, air squadrons, ship deployments to protect NATO countries, including Poland, Romania, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. And as I've made crystal clear, the United States and our allies will defend every inch of territory that is NATO territory with the full force of our collective power. Every single inch. There were some people going, oh, my gosh, we're going in. Well, no. Yeah. Part of the rub here is that. Well, if you're Zelensky, you're like, well, could you you give up? Come at least a few feet into Ukraine and help. <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, I that was one of the few coherent moments of that speech to me. I don't, I don't know why, why there would be confusion. Because you, you got to think of so many Americans really are not that intelligent when it comes to the lay of the land, mm-hmm. and they hear, you know, the first whatever it was, eight minutes about Ukraine. And how proud we are and are cheering them on in this fight. And then all of a sudden the switch to, and we're not going to send troops, but we are going to every inch of NATO territory. You're like, okay, what does that mean? And I understand you can't help people that don't know exactly what's going on, but that's not that uncommon. Well, that's where you get uh, Kamala Harris, (laughs) noted geography expert, (laughs) to come in and explain it. Yeah, you have. Ukraine is a country. It is. <laughs> Russia is, is also a country. That is, in fact, true. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they're bigger and meaner. Yes. And basically, that's wrong. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, when they did, the consequences were going to be swift and severe. Monetarily. Yes. Not anything other than that. It is. The whole thing the other night with Biden, it's like this mixed message. It, it didn't seem to connect I'm stating the well, obvious. Look who the messenger is. I understand. I mean. But to say it's someone that could just free flow and speak clearly. Yeah. yeah. It's all this stuff that the Democrats haven't been about over the last three, four years. You know, protecting the border. What? Since well, when? You know, you don't even talk about the humanitarian crisis that will will come from this. Yeah. When you've got 300,000 people rolling into Poland. Oh, you know, and and in neighboring countries. I mean, yeah. this is this is something. I mean, this yeah. is something that we're contending with for decades. Yeah, I believe that to be true. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mentioned uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Controversy. Should it have been a controversy? Well, no. no, but it turned into one. No, and I think this is really instructive looking forward to 2024 if Governor DeSantis decides to run for president. This is what you're going to be up against. And luckily, I think this is a guy who's able to clearly and coherently fight back against the nonsense that you see in mm-hmm. legacy media. So he told a bunch of high school students that they could take off their masks during an event. 
that uh, this is all COVID theater. If you want to keep it on, keep it on, whatever. But this is stupid. Uh, now, the kids at this event he was speaking at were the only ones wearing masks. And again, he said, this is ridiculous. Keep it on if you want. But we got to stop it. Uh, so he went on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News last night and responded to the weeping and wailing coming from the left. None of the adults were wearing masks, and it seemed to me that someone told those kids they had to do it. So I just wanted to make it very clear, they do not need to be doing it. Obviously, in Florida, it's a free state. You can do it. But I think it's also important to point out that there's no reason to do it uh, for, for young and healthy kids, especially. And in the state of Florida, we never had a mask mandate, of course. But our guidance from our health department is not to wear these cloth masks. And I think it needs to be said because people have been lied to for two years and so I was uh, I didn't want it to be thinking that like they were told to do this by me because I certainly wouldn't do that yeah I do like the way he fights back oh yeah doesn't go too crazy but I mean he does not take any BS at all. And, you know, they talk about, oh, by letting someone have a choice to take off their mask and welcoming that choice, that that's somehow bullying. Tucker, bullying is locking kids out of school, which they did. Bullying is forcing kids to wear masks for eight hours a day, which they did for two years and are only stopping now because the polling's changed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how the governor of Florida is saying, hey, this is all theater. You take off the mask. Come on. Uh, if you want to keep it on, keep it on. I don't understand why that's this huge controversy when you are just coming off of what about three weeks ago? Stacey Abrams, the one person who is actually at an elevated risk of getting COVID and and having serious complications, yep. is sitting in front of a classroom of grade school kids, masked up while she's not wearing a mask. It's only a controversy to those on the left. Well, it's another it's another way to put the pinprick into. DeSantis. Yeah. yeah, anything he does. I mean, anything at all. Well, yeah. the CBC director was asked by Kate Snow from NBC News about oh, this no. moment with Governor DeSantis. And, of course, they describe it as scolding students wearing masks. Said if you want to wear it, you can wear it. Right. Uh, she said, quote, those students should have been comfortable wearing a mask if it makes them more comfortable. It's obviously their choice. Well, they were obviously told to because a lot of those kids oh. did take off the mask, and they didn't look like they were feeling bullied when doing so. No. No. You had the local outlet with the mom saying, I can't believe how irresponsible to say it and pressured my son that way. The kid didn't know what to say. Uh, yeah, I guess I felt a little pressure. I don't know. Well, he said it in a way, too. He's like, hey, take, take, take off the mask. He wasn't Gunnery Sergeant Hartman going in there. You know, it's like stories like this all the time are happening. Mm-hmm. When you got what's happening in Ukraine, it puts it into focus a little yeah. more. Going, this is ridiculous. My goodness. Man, I saw this story too, David. You were going to bring this up. Doctors with teenagers, they're seeing more and more teens with Tourette's. Yeah. yeah. And why? Uh, it's because of social media influencers. Yeah, this was written up in the Atlantic. Uh, they said a typical Tourette's patient is a boy who develops slow, mild motor tics blinking or grimacing around the age of five or seven, and then it'll be followed by vocalizations later on. Only about one in ten patients progress to the most famous symptom where you're yelling out an obscenity, right, at random. It's a, it's actually fairly rare uh, with Tourette's patients. but Well, Robbins is overcome for the most part. <laughs> right, exactly. But the new patients people have noticed are different. 
They were older. They were teenagers. About half of them were girls. Uh, their tics had arrived very suddenly, explosively, and were extreme. Some were shouting more than a 100 different obscenities. Now, the article from The Atlantic is very long, but just to, to pare it down best I can, they highlight a handful of social media influencers who are popular. Kids like to watch them on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. One of the guys even sells merch with his most popular expletives written on it. You can download his tics and use them as sound files. Wow. And what they're finding is a lot of these kids who are suddenly having Tourette's syndrome, uh, or symptoms, I should say, uh, are repeating the exact phrases that these influencers say as part of their illness. So they're being influenced by by this and developing very real issues. And then I can't help but think of the, the trans issue. Because oh, it's, it's totally it. It's identical. You know, there's yes. a reason why there's been this, like, explosion of young people saying that they are part of the LGBTQIA2 spirit plus alpha omega something or other, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's because online, it, these are the people that they're hearing from the most, and they think that's them. They emulate what they like. Yes. Well, and victimhood, it puts you into a category, honestly, that gets you attention. But it's just like the Tourette's thing. When you hang out with somebody for a while, you can start picking up parts of their speech. It's sort of the same thing. It's wild. Okay, what? Virginia Democrats are comparing Yunkin to Hitler? (laughs) I can't wait to get to that. Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, what is the story? Who is comparing the Virginia governor to Hitler? Yeah, uh, Virginia Democrats. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the Virginia Senate Democratic Caucus put out a statement saying that uh, it was weighing in on Governor Yunkin um, signing an executive order banning critical race theory in Virginia K through 12 public schools. Good for him. Right. Okay. And <laughs> they put out this statement with Governor Yunkin's Department of Education issuing an interim report regarding inherently divisive concepts in Virginia's school uh, and the Department of Education resources. The governor has begun a trend of institutional inertia that we've seen before, like the Third Reich in Germany indoctrinated students as young as five years old in a brainwashing experiment to institutionalize the notion of a superior race and inferior races. That's literally what critical race theory does. I know. Almost like, hey, we have the market cornered on brainwashing children. (laughs) That's right. Don't you dare try to take us away from that position. Critical race theory is all about hammering home this idea of a uh, of a racial hierarchy that you must acknowledge and abide by uh, in order to confront your own inherent racism. You need to do the work. I mean, seriously. There, and there's no shame. No self-awareness. We will overcome! It's just like clowns in every state. These people. Um, real quick, on a lighter note, 
Has your kid ever used your credit card without asking? I know David has a hard no on that one because they're under three years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 46% of people said, yeah, kid used the credit card without asking. What? Oh, boy. Yeah. How does that happen? Scott's well, the resident they, expert here. Well, I did. What? First of all, it's not a credit card. Um, what was it? But they they always ask me, my granddaughters. They'll ask me ahead before they use it. No, they didn't. That one other one, one or two times they did. <laughs> well, but the but question that, is, have has yeah, your kid well, yeah, they ever have, they, used... my, not my kid, my granddaughters. So your daughter did. I don't think so. I don't think she ever did. Okay, just granddaughters then. Yeah, granddaughters. Okay. Because they got the number for whatever online, and then it just stayed there, so they'd use it again. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So that's how it happens. Yeah. Wow, that's astounding. All right, we'd spend more time on that, but we got to get ready for the Friday Five. You know, it's Women's History Month, or Women's X is what some people want to call it now. Come on. We'll explain that. But what we're doing for the Friday Five, the countdown that we do every Friday... The greatest songs of all time with women or woman in the title. Okay? If you want to get in early, the number to call is 210-619-2053. 210-619-2053. The Friday Five. Songs with women in the title or woman. And we'll kick it off next right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Now, if you're new to the show, this time on Friday, we do something called the Friday Five. It's a countdown, and it always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. So our Friday Five countdown. Sometimes we do something focused on news or a holiday. It is Women's Appreciation Month. Women's History Month, sir. Well, I appreciate the history, and that's why I put appreciation in it. <laughs> well, of course. we always appreciate. Yes. yes. Uh, some people want to call it Women X History Month now. But they spell it Wiminx, like W-O-M-Y-N-X, correct? Yes. One of the dumbest things you've ever heard. What does that mean? Well, that includes all women, meaning oh, some that boys identify. Boys think they're girls? I believe so. Okay. Correct, David? I guess, but if we're to believe that trans women are women, then why would you change? It doesn't make sense to take a gendered word and make it gender neutral. Okay, so the countdown. Anyway. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. Um, this is how we do it. We take songs and figure out, okay, how big of a song was it? Like, was it a big hit? Is it iconic? Does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Three ratings, put it all together, and this is our five. The number is 210-619-2053. And who's up first, David? Oh, we'll start off with Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. 
Yeah, guys, I, I need to take a little bit of offense with what Mr. Markley said earlier. I, I live in Oregon, but I'm originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, uh, you know, when you said that Pete Buttigieg was our mayor, uh, I just have one thing to say on behalf of all the citizens of Fort Wayne. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> My sincerest apologies for mixing that up with South Bend. I'm very sorry. Yeah, that's okay. We'll let it slide this time. No, no harm, no foul. Thanks, bro. So, well, anyway, uh, this is one that Mr. Robbins actually mentioned yesterday. The, I like the song, not really a test of timer, but uh, John Lennon, Woman. Oh, yeah. That's right. That should make it, right? Yes, honorable mention. That's big hit. Yeah, test of time kind of falls off. There's a lot of times love songs like that stay around for a while. Is that the Yoko influence, maybe? She's on the song. Just asking the question. I don't know. Not making the statements. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Don't bag on the vice president. Maybe she thinks Warsaw is a border town, and she's going to determine the root cause of the uranium migration. There you go. <laughs> good one. Good job, Woody. That's good. My song, Shania Twain. Man, I feel like a woman. You gonna be okay, Van Camp? We play Shania Twain. Van Camp gets a little hot bothered. You know what I mean? Jeez. Man, I feel like a woman. She's only the second most beautiful woman on the planet. After your wife, right? After my wife. Yeah. Good save. Where was Demi Lovato a few years back? Yeah. Wasn't she like second or third? Uh, she she was on the hall pass list, but okay, but she's fallen off that. That's yeah, stupid. I didn't leave her; she left me. Yeah, I agree. Just, you can't salvage some people, you know. <laughs> I do know that. Yes, it's so sad. I it agree. Very sad. Okay, who's next? Uh, we got Dave in Michigan. Hey, Dave. Gentlemen, how are you? Great, Dave. From Thanks from for Northern, checking in. Yep. Greetings from Northern Michigan. I'm going to go with an oldie but goodie. Um, American Woman by the Guess Who. Yep. Oh, yeah. Number three. American woman, stay away from me. Making Northern Michigan proud. That was the number one song. Oh, yeah. So that's a 10 for hit. Yep. Test of time. David, you and Scott both gave it a 9 or 10, right? Yeah, a 9 or 10. Yeah. yeah. So that's an automatic score, 20. And then it's personal life and gets it to number three. Did anybody have it higher than three? Uh, no, I think I had it exactly. Yet. That's where I had it. Well, yeah, my number two it. was might surprise all of you. I can't wait. All right, who's next? <clears throat> uh, let's talk to John in Idaho. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey. Hey, John, go ahead, buddy. Hey, I got this one. This one's my wife's theme song, Evil Woman by ELO. <laughs> there you go. Ex-wife or current wife? <laughs> Holy well, mackerel. I hope still current. Future ex-wife? Okay. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Number five. Yeah, that was a big hit. Test the timer for sure. 
Yeah, so still looking for number one, number two, and number four. Songs with woman or women in the title. The number, 210-619-2053. Who's next, David? David in Hillsboro, Oregon. Hey, David. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen. We love David. Hey, David. You know, uh, Jamie, when you said Joe Biden looks like Alice Cooper, I about fell out of my chair. I was thinking the same thing. It was Jill Biden. He said Jill, I think. Okay. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Doctor Jill Biden. Have looks... you seen the meme? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. No, I haven't seen it, but did you also notice during the uh State of the Union speech next to the cow chewing, cud chewing Pelosi, you had the Dalai Lama, but if you shaved her head, she looks just like Dwayne Johnson, the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I've not noticed that, but I'll never be able to not see that. Thank you. Wow. Good one. Incredible insight, David. Thank yeah, you. Good one. What you got hey, today? Let's, let's amp this up a little bit. How about a little L.A. Woman by the Doors? Yeah, man. L.A. Woman. L.A. Woman. I might be the only one that likes this song. L.A. Woman. Just trying to talk my way into it yesterday. Yeah. It was going nowhere. No, I like this song. Robbins doesn't like this. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. You ever heard it told this is a great song to drive to? Yes. L.A. Woman? It is. If it's a beautiful, if it's a beautiful day outside, yeah. like maybe upper 70s, springtime, yeah. driving down the road, it's hard to stay under the speed limit. Agreed. Yeah. Good honorable mention. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Boyd in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Boyd. Hey, how y'all doing? I just love what y'all do. Y'all, y'all just make me want to hang out with y'all in the off hours. Dude, we need to do a road trip there, man. Yeah, we need to hang out with your town. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Well, don't don't go to Jackson. Jackson is is I just said it because it's closest anybody knows. I actually live in Brandon, Mississippi. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> What you got today, I'm Boyd? Gonna go, I'm going to go with Witchy Woman Eagles. Yes. You talk about a test of timer. Oh, yeah. Big hit. Good honorable mention. Did anybody have it in their five? I think I did. Yeah, Scott. Okay. It's the personal like thing for me. I mean, it's a big song. Test of time, yeah. I just, I don't hate the song. It's more like just kind of like a five for me. Yeah, sometimes I go, how much I like it is, well, I listen all the way through. And my sister had that album. I've been hearing that song since it was out, <laughs> since I was a little kid. Sometimes you just get a little burnt, you know. No, it's obviously a big hit, that's the timer. Good honorable mention. Still looking for number four, number two, and number one. Back to it, David. Let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. Happy Friday, brothers. Johnny, thanks so much for checking in. Doing great, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, it's been a rough couple weeks, boys. Uncle Billy passed away. It was a sad time. And the only thing that made it better was, well, we had the after dinner, after funeral dinner catered by Applebee's, and we played his favorite song on repeat. Of course, it's the Zach Brown Band, Chicken (laughs) Fried. It's the greatest funeral song you've ever heard. (laughs) That's what I've heard. 
Yes, I'm, I'm coming out of my slump and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you it's the best song. I wanted it to be my intro when I came down the ramp to the ring, but Vince McMahon wouldn't let me have it. It's, uh, I feel like a natural woman. Aretha Franklin. Good job with that. Johnny. It's fantastic. Every time he shows up on the countdown. That's a test of timer, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. It's one of those that it, you don't hear it all the time, but people know the hook. It. Yes. It's been covered a bunch of times, too. Yeah. Agree. Okay. We should reset the whole thing here. It's songs with women or woman in the title for the Friday Five. It's Women's History Month, you know. If you want to get in on the countdown, it's 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. And we're looking for number one, number two, number four. Friday 5. Coming right back. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We've got a news update in just about 15 minutes and the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. We're wrapping up the Friday Five. It's a countdown we do every Friday. And today, the countdown today. Thank you. Greatest songs with woman or women in the title for Women's History Month. The number is 210-619-2053. We're looking for number one, number two, and number four. Number three, guess who, American Woman, ELO, Evil Woman at five. And we've had a bunch of great honorable mentions. Who's next, David? Uh, we got John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon or good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for what you're doing, especially these two weeks. Oh, I'm, uh, well, got to have something funny on the radio. Calling to nominate someone who's best remembered as a traveling Wilbury, and that's basically wrong. Traveling, uh, oh, pretty woman by Roy Orbison. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? I guess that's probably true. Pretty woman, won't you pardon me? Pretty woman, I Roy was obviously iconic for the traveling Wilburys ever existed. All those guys in that band loved Roy. Yes. Loved his voice, loved everything about him. Yeah, it's pretty iconic. Okay, David, who's next? That was very close to being in the top five for me, but it got bumped out. Let's talk to Kevin in Gresham. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Dan, guys. Hey, this is a cover. Sadly, it's not Tesla doing it, but it's Van Halen doing Pretty Woman. Yes. Number four. David's looking at me right now like I have to explain myself. No, no, you don't. I don't? This wound up being my number two. What? Yeah. You're not the biggest Van Halen fan. I'm not. I get accused of homering for Van Halen all the time. So why is it your number two? It was a big hit. It does stand the test of time. 
and I've, I have, I, it hurts me to actually say this. I've gotten to the point where I prefer hearing that version over Roy Oh my Orbison. God. Wow. Jamie Markley, you have poisoned my brain. Man. Wow. I am, honestly, I'm shocked by that. There's no way five years ago you would have said that. Nope. Not even close. Not at all. Wow. No. Man, we'll have to do a deep dive on that I'm like later. Switzerland but... on this one. I am very neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Even Switzerland is now jumping in somewhere, huh? Okay, who's next, David? Uh, <laughs> we got Bilbo in Virginia. Hey, hey Bilbo. 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 <laughs> Greetings, comrades. We're from Yonkin Town. <laughs> oh, thanks for checking Bilbo. in. Yes, my Bilbo really stands where Biden is literally brain optional. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I but I heard you earlier talking about calling COVID by real name of the China flu. But yes. but I'm okay with calling it calling it call, calling the China flu COVID since that stands for Chinese orchestrated virus inducing death. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Very good at this, Bilbo. Very good. We try, we try. We got away from, you know, Moscow, Pennsylvania, and now we can try. Thank you. And what do you got and, today? And Well, I heard that Pudding Brain was asked if he had a nickname for the VP, and he said he calls her his black magic woman by Santana. <laughs> Very good. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. Good honorable mention. Bilbo, appreciate it more than you know. Thank you. Okay. We got like less than two minutes. You want to go ahead and start rolling? Yeah, let's go ahead and start rolling. Okay, man. Now, again, when you're doing this countdown, it's how big a hit or how iconic. That one to ten score, then test of time, and then personal like. Um, so you put that all together. We get to number two. Number two. Hit. Test of time. Been used in some movies. Oh yeah. Love, love it and remember the title. And I think we all like that song. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'll never turn that off. If I hear that it is the, the weirdest thing because it sounds dated and modern all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, Sonically, you have some artists, you know, whether it's Jack White who tries to go with that retro feel, J.D. Uh-huh. McPherson's another one where it's that ultra-modern but classic sound. Yes. Yeah, really well done. And then for number one. Number one. Yeah. I just... Great song. Yeah. Made test of time. Fine. And a huge hit. I'll never turn this off. No. Come to think of it. And that's been covered several times. I like a lot of covers of it. That is a really good countdown. And then, okay. Sometimes after the countdown is over, we got to go back and look at all of the different honorable mentions, but that's a strong five. Stones, Hollies, Guess Who, Van Halen, ELO for the Friday Five. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Now, as mentioned, David, you have the list. Yeah. Do you want to go right down and name all the things that weren't mentioned yet? Yeah, we got, like, Alice Cooper, Only Women Bleed, uh, Billy Joel, She's Always a Woman, The Cult, yep. Fire Woman, love that song. Oh, yeah. Cliff Richard, Devil Woman. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Deep Purple, woman from Tokyo. Yes. Dolly Parton, single woman. Uh, Elvis Presley, hard-headed woman. That one, I love that. Not quite getting in on the test of time there for Elvis. Kiss, oh. hard luck woman. Led Zeppelin, live and love and mate. She's just a woman. Yes. Uh, Queen's right. Jack City woman. Yes. Uh, Ray Charles, I got a woman. Man, a lot. Okay, we got a news update to get to. And Scott Robbins, drive back to next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, there's a lot of talk about when we are going to join our neighbors to the north in banning imports of Russian oil. We look rather weak doing that. And the reason the White House hasn't wanted to do it is because they know gas prices are already high enough, and they know the polling will be catastrophic if they cut off that supply because they're also not willing to increase domestic production, which is basically us shooting ourselves in the foot. It's insane. So now it seems like they may be weakening on that stance. Uh, Council of Economic Advisors Chair Cecilia Rouse was doing the briefing today, and she says, hey, we might be looking at options with Russian oil. Oh. Here she is. So, again, we're in a very good position. What we know is that, that, you know, from the U.S. economy, we don't import a lot of Russian oil. But we are looking at options uh, that we can take right now if we were to cut uh, the U.S. consumption of uh, Russian energy. But what's really most important is that we maintain a steady supply of global energy. (laughs) I don't even. So it's not that much. And we're looking at options. And the main thing is that we can keep importing from somewhere. Is that what she's saying? We're in a good position. Basically, yeah. I think we were in a better position, I don't know, 16 months ago. Yes. Than we are right now. Yeah, we're wondering if this is going to change because the pressure's coming down. What was it the vice president said about this? We're going to stop importing. Let's let's take this one step at a time, understanding that right now on the issue of energy, our allies have stood firm and unified in a way that many of the pundits didn't predict would happen um, to ensure that we are we are unified in our approach to this issue. Meaning what? <clears throat> Canada stopped and you're still doing it. Yeah. How's that unified? Doesn't it make sense. Of course. Well, I mean. The craziest part is that it's actually apparently on the table that we would be working with Iran to import more oil than doing it ourselves. That's it's... how insane these people are. D- did you see, by the way, former Iranian president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad? I didn't see it. Tweeted out, Mr. Putin, stop the satanic war. Otherwise, you will have no achievement but remorse. That guy just doesn't freelance that. That's them seeing dollar signs with America. And saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and condemn Russia and for we, this." Yes, 
And we'd rather do business with Iran than produce it ourselves. Because Greta Thunberg might get angry. And AOC. That's unbelievable. Because if it's produced in Iran, America stays green. And then it'll be what? Heard this said before. Brown? What? A different color of soil and grass in Iran? It doesn't matter. It's like some Disney movie where a 14-year-old girl drives foreign policy. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. Yes. We just can't do it in the United States because as long as the United States doesn't do it, then we're going to get closer to being, what, carbon emission free. She's got a dog and a trusting butler. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to the Robins top three of the day. Let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Always at this time and helped by his top 40 and, well, just hero in general. Yeah, I'm Casey Casey. Hi, Casey. Hi, buddy. It's Friday. (laughs) I'm ready. I know. Okay. Who three. is it? <laughs> All right. Uh, number three, California Supreme Court ruled that UC Berkeley must slash enrollment. This has to do with a convoluted situation involving people in Berkeley who don't want UC Berkeley to expand. There's also environmentalists involved mm-hmm. and COVID and kids taking time off. Go ahead, Scott. Well, it really deals a blow to the thousands, thousands of applicants. I mean, it's a very prestigious uh, university there. It's going to cost millions uh, lost in tuition. The decision favors neighbors who are trying to get the campus to stop adding new students without providing enough housing for them. The ruling also means UC Berkeley will withhold acceptance letters for more than 5,000 qualified freshmen and transfer some applicants, not all of them, who have enrolled there. So, most will have to locate to an alternative university for becoming excruciatingly shallow anti-American sociopaths. So they have to go elsewhere now. Damn, that's an odd story, man. So it right is. now there's not enough. Not enough places room. for them to go. Okay. You know, that's not a problem with San Francisco. and thinking these is going to the street. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yeah. Two. Uh, ticket prices for Duke basketball are unreal. Golly, Mike Krzyzewski will coach his final home game at Duke against North Carolina Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. The big send-off. Tickets for the game are fetching some pretty high prices here, like close to the Super Bowl level. This is according to Vivid Seats. Seats for that game are now going for 3450 bucks a pop. The average price nearly doubled that, and reports of some of the best seats on the market going for $50,000 each if you want to sit courtside. Oh, my wow. goodness. For Coach K's final game. And you're wearing a Duke hoodie today. I do have my Duke hoodie on today, yes. I didn't know you were a big fan. Is this some sort it's of like fan for thing? like $30 or something when I bought a bunch of college sweatshirts. This happened to be one of them. It says Duke on it. I know it does. So you don't mind? You like Duke? I don't hate Duke. Nothing, nothing Why? wrong with it? I don't hate Duke. 
I got but, I mean, you. if you're going to wear the sweatshirt, I mean, that's one of those polarizing right. teams. It's like the Yankees or the Cowboys. I mean, you wear Duke, you should be a big fan. That's not one that people are just like, well, it was on sale. I've rooted for Duke before. Like when they're winning? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Well, of course, because I love bandwagons. You know that. That's true, yes. Want another one? Yeah. Well, yes, I think you there's did, a third one. Good point out. In, in that studio right now, you've got him in the Duke sweatshirt, and Jamie's rocking his Dallas Cowboys gear. Yeah. There's there's a significant portion of the country that would be like, these guys. I understand. Yeah, we get it. The thing is, I have been a Dallas fan since I was a little kid. I've never heard Robbins even talk about Duke before. I've and all of a sudden, the hoodie shows up out of nowhere. I mentioned my brief encounter with Coach K. What was that? I had a baseball in my pocket, and he signed it for me. Okay, no, 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 no. Yes, he did. No, hold on. Before we get to the next story of this countdown. All right. You knew you were going to meet him. Yeah. And you brought a baseball for him to sign. And a Sharpie, yes. So it wasn't you just happened to have a baseball. No, I didn't run into him at the subway or something. No. (laughs) Well, what? how did you just portray it? Well, maybe I did. I portrayed it wrongly. I apologize for (laughs) that. It was was sort of a – he was speaking at this big event, and a bunch of the donors uh, who were heavy donors got to a little meet and greet before he spoke. And I went to it, and I was one of the. Of course, my gift was in kind. You know, it was airtime. But uh, anyway, okay. so I interviewed him before, about the week before, and I said, "Hey, I'd love to meet you." And he said, "Well, come out to this thing." So I did. Okay. And by the way, you there's no shame with you getting a baseball signed at all. No, you pay little kids to do it. You asked David one time because David had to cover. Wasn't it something with NASCAR? Yeah, it was Ryan Newman. I didn't get my Newman signed thing showing up. Because and... he didn't want to humiliate himself carrying a baseball. Would you sign it? Yeah, I, I was going there for an, actually as a news reporter going <laughs> to cover an event that he was a part of. And I am not going to walk up to a <laughs> to a man. Like, I got my press credentials on. Hey, would you sign this baseball? It's not for me. It's for my friend. <laughs> I just sent my baseball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. Everybody's just, got their thing. Th- that's fine. I just want to make sure that it was accurately portrayed. Yeah. Try he was very there. he was very nice. He was very cordial. He signed it. Well, it's a very... charity event. No, I'm not signing it. What's he going to do? Well, he wasn't didn't charge for it or anything. <laughs> the trifecta, Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, every day at this time. And finally, yes. one. Uh, NASCAR legend Richard Childress is offering to donate one million rounds of ammo to Ukraine. Uh, yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, Richard Childress said he was listening the other day on the radio. He heard Zelensky say, you know, I don't want out, but I want some ammo. So he got together with one of his buddies, Frank Wagonhalls, who's the chairman of something called Ammo Inc. It's a publicly traded company. And I said, hey, Fred, we got to help these people out. They need ammo. And you make ammo. And I'm Richard Childress. He said, I'll tell you what, Richard Childress, I'll give you a million rounds. So Richard Childress said, damn right you will. <laughs> and so now Richard Childress is equipping a bunch of his cars to drive there and deliver it. No, he's not. He's trying to figure out how to get it there now. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to go through back channels. Wow. Of like mercenaries and, and, and those types of people. There you go. But he's going to get him a million rounds of ammo. Pretty cool. And there you have it. Yes. I never cared about anything until now, and I'm a big Richard Childress fan now. Well, there you go. Yeah. Probably going to ask him to sign a ball. I get will. Shirt. If I get <laughs> Or my pack of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
One other thing, I was just going to pass this along because I thought it was kind of kooky. Did you guys hear the story of the female competitive eater? That yes. Down 100 McNuggets in wow. under 14 minutes. Yeah, that's hard. Along with 12 packets of dipping sauces. Well, those things don't slide down like hot dogs do. You actually <laughs> got to chew those things. Well, she... <laughs> Apparently, she occasionally took a drink from this large bottle of Coke to wash it down. And they added up the nuggets and sauces. 5,398 calories. Is there some dude going, that's my girl? It sounded like you were. You sounded very excited, Scott. I saw this, and she she was putting the nuggets down, baby. So there was something that you sort of found endearing about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Everybody's got their thing. No big deal. All right, we got to get to Nimrod Baseball. <laughs> I bet she did. Nimrod's in the news and a news update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, apparently now Twitter, in addition to Facebook, is down in Russia. They are basically uh, dropping down the curtain over the eyes of anybody living in Russia so that they only get access to Russian state media. So Twitter's been banned. wonder mm-hmm. how that feels for them. Oops. <laughs> Probably not My, fun, huh? How the tables have turned. Hmm. Yeah. That's something. You know, toward the end of the week, you want a nice story with everything that's happened? I think this would put a smile on your face, especially if you love dogs, and a lot of people do. Did you hear about this 11-year-old Siberian husky in Seattle? This is being shared all over the place. That dog has his own service dog. His name is Sterling. And his eyesight's gone because of glaucoma a few years ago. But he's still going strong because a 10-year-old dog named Walker goes everywhere with him, and they're like best buddies. Oh, nice. Isn't that nice? Yep. Yeah. Animals, man. The best. I was waiting for Van Camp there for a second and had that look like he's going to bring what? What what happens if the dog passes away before this man? I don't know. Well, you think the dog shouldn't be able to go on? I mean, isn't it better to have good days ahead of you than none? Mm-hmm. Damn, no. I like that. There's better to have good days ahead of you than none. Well, yeah. Wow, philosophy right I mean, there. if you're trying to think through, well, what happens when the other dog dies? Well, at least he's had that long with the other, the other dog, dog mm-hmm. right? A cat will take its place. Dark cloud, David. Do something about it. Change the forecast, bro. Dark cloud. I'm trying here. All right. Let's get the Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. I'm not saying if you're going to make a bunch of money on OnlyFans that you're a Nimrod. Not saying that. But, man, this is creepy. 20-year-old dude from Pennsylvania 
traveled to New Hampshire to meet a woman he knew online. She had an OnlyFans account. Of course. He was a subscriber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still not sure if they actually met, but he broke into her house, stole her house key. Then he had a duplicate made so he could enter and, you know, leave anytime he wanted. So he was essentially living in her attic for four days. Oh, gosh. It gets worse. And would take videos of the woman while she was sleeping. Mm. He's been caught. Charged with four counts of burglary. Released on $2,500 cash bail. Wait, what? Yes. The guy's living in her house, in her attic? Well, the court said he's wearing a tracking device. (laughs) And he's not allowed to go to New Hampshire or contact the woman. He seems pretty resourceful. Spooky, man. Then we go to some thieves in Ireland. They stole some stuff from the back of a van. This was on Tuesday. They don't know, the authorities don't know if they knew what they were taking. But the officials are trying to get word to these thieves that you should be careful because one of the items was a bright yellow case with radiation symbols on it. Mm. It's a device used to measure the density of certain materials. And in this case, it was being used for road construction. But if you open it without knowing what you're doing, you'll release radioactive material. And apparently you'll be hit with your yearly limit within 12 minutes. Whoa. Which means that anyone exposed would be greatly increasing their chances of developing cancer. Jeez. Oh, man. So the EPA and the other local officials are trying to get the word out. Hey, be careful if you're the one that stole that case. Yeah, also, they're so radioactive, it's going to be impossible for them to break and enter ever again. They're going to glow in the dark. <laughs> Probably. Be very tough. Then finally, uh, this customer goes to a tattoo artist, wanted her mom's name and dad's name tattooed on a leg. This never or, ends well. Well, the, the mom's name is Christian, but it's spelled with a K. They got it right. Dad's name is spelled John. But somehow the tattoo artist spelled it J-H-O-N. John. <laughs> John. <laughs> Apparently part of the story, she's cool with it. They said, well, it is kind of an inside joke, so somebody misspelled it that way once. <laughs> and yeah, I'll say it again. It reminds my aunt buddy that got Ted Nugent's signature tattooed, and forever it will say Ted Nugget <laughs> on his arm. And that, Nimrod's in the news. <laughs>